Howdy, Yokes. Before we get started today, I just want to let you know what this show is. Maybe you like early 90s cinema and you're like, a river runs through it. I've heard of that. I'll click on this podcast episode and see if this is a movie podcast I'd like. You may love this show. I'm so glad that you're here. If it's your first time here and you're like, how do I even listen to this? Basically, here's the structure of the show. Ethan, my co-host and I, we watch a movie and then we sit down and we talk about it. We start with some stats and then we run through some like in-depth review and then we kind of let the conversation flow from there. We've done this with over 150 movies over the past four years, and you can start wherever you want. There is no continuity. Although, like, if you start from the beginning, I won't have any kids, and if you start from today, I'll have two kids. But otherwise, there's no continuity at all. Anyway, you'll, you'll miss that, my villain way. arc if you don't start at the beginning. Well, yeah, I mean, you'll miss Ethan's entire character development and arc that we've been working towards this entire time. Yeah, my name was Jefferson at the beginning. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been it's been quite the uh, journey. Anyway, thanks for hanging out with us. Let's get started. Howdy, yokes, and welcome back to Bacon and Egg. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edge Hill. And today we're going fishing. Or maybe we're just moving back to Montana. So go fishing. And let's go fishing. Because today we're bringing you a river runs through it. Honestly, it's it's, it's your my line. Thing. Yeah, it's kind of your line. So uh, that is 100 percent the reason we're doing this movie, by the way. People who are like, man, why are they covering this, this Brad Pitt movie? I've never heard of. That's not why it's part of why. But also I went to the critically acclaimed Oscar winners category on Netflix, and this is one of the first results. And it is Oscar season, and this is a winner for Best Cinematography, which I would argue is one of the categories you and I are most interested in. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I didn't so know that about this movie, like, honestly. And, and like, at the end, of the, the very end of the movie, I was like, wow, that's a good shot right there. Oh, my God. Every Anytime they were at the river, yeah. I was like, good Lord. Yeah. But, like, that last shot, man, I was just like, wow, that is yeah. a shot right there. Yeah. I have never in my life... Wanted to go fly fishing more than watching this movie. I've never wanted to as bad as I have watching this movie, but I've been around it my whole life. Yeah. And it was it was kind of weird to like my dad is the only person I know that like fly fishes and like makes a personality out of it. Like nobody my age does that. No. It is a secret that will eventually be lost because of our generation's complete denial of fishing. No, there are plenty of young people who fish, but I've never seen a young They're not, well, not young fly people- fishermen. Right. And when when the great thing I think to this day about fly fishing is that it is still a craft. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you have to make your lures, yeah. or your flies, sorry. You you go out there and there there is the you know the the cast, the metronome. Yeah. But I think the closer and closer we get to that and the more young people get into it, it'll it'll have to be optimized in some way. And I I think that'll be the death of fly fishing. Did we do stats? No, I didn't even do that. Okay. Uh, October 9th, 1992. So exactly, uh, looks like 40, 51 days before my birth, uh, which is 10,770. I'm sorry, 10,707 days ago. Had an $8 million budget, made $66 million at the box office, got an 80% critic rating, an 83% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 68 on Metacritic. Ethan, do you have a negative professional review for me? I sure do. As long as Quom, Quom. Google Chrome cooperates with me. As long as Google Chrome cooperate. Yeah, you're probably white. I've just lost my ability to be a podcast host, apparently. You sure have. Uh, Malcolm Johnson. Why can I not talk? What is happening? I don't know, man. Malcolm Johnson of the Hartford Current says Redford's heartfelt yet unfulfilled film feels more watered down than haunting. Love that. That's beautiful. Do you have a positive review for me from Adam Marsh Jones of The Independent says Redford remains a fine director of actors with Brad Pitt, who gives a particularly good performance. He is dealing moreover with an actor whose handsomeness is reminiscent of his own at that age. I would agree with that. I don't know what Robert Redford looked like at 20 something. He looked like Brad Pitt. No way. Yeah, pretty much. It's so weird to me. Like, I, I've seen a lot of, well, not a lot of, I've seen a fair number of Brad Pitt's movies from when he was younger. But once you see something where he was older, it's so hard to see him as a little kid As, again. as a child. Yeah. 
That's my two cents on that. What about Joe Gordon-Levitt going be, on in this a, thing? A literal child. An actual baby. An actual 10-year-old. Not even 10. Can't be. There's no way Joseph Gordon-Levitt was born in 1982, right? Uh, I believe so, yeah. He was Joseph... Um, pff, he was Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Gosh, we're doing... He was Joseph Gordon-Levitt in, in 10 Things <laughs> I Hate About You. He was uh, He was Snowden. Yeah, that was much more recently than this. Here, there's a picture of... Robert Redford's 81. the one on the left. Look at that. It's Robert Redford and Paul Newman. Um, but hold on, I'm pulling it up. You sent this to everybody in the Zoom call, so... Uh, There's only the know. two of us. And you know what we're not doing? Recording the Zoom call. Whoops. So basically, what you're showing me... Oh, you're right. I guess this is just not going to be on video. Well, that's no good. Whoops. Uh, basically, what you're telling me is that Joseph Gordon-Levitt was born in 1981. Robert Redford is Brad Pitt. You sent me a link to an article for the USA Today, which I'm not subscribed to. Mm -hmm. Kind of surprised you are. I'm not. Uh, well... You got the photo. I didn't. I just I copied link address from Google Images. Mm. Here, I'll mm. save the image. I'm sure this will work wonderfully. Zoom is historically good at, at letting me send photos and stuff. I think it was the one thing when we used uh, uh, Skype that was really effective. Uh, I do want to ask you this, E. If somebody were to approach you any day of your life and say, hey, do you think you would live a very cathartic life if you moved to Missoula, Montana and went fly fishing at 6 a.m. every day? Well, so I was like, I was like probably 10 when I first saw this movie. So that is, this movie greatly fuels my desire or maybe was the origin of my desire to pack everything up and move to rural Montana and just vibe. And just, just vibe out? And just vibe out in Montana. I do think I would lead a more cathartic life. I mean, you can say that, but Brad Pitt chose... So this is kind of where it gets tricky. Brad Pitt chose the cathartic fly fishing life, and he has his catharsis, right? He catches the perfect fish. Yeah. But then he dies. Yeah. But, like, I live in a place where there are bars and drugs and hicks, and I haven't died. You also live in a place with multiple rivers where you could fly fish. I could. Very, very easily. Very easily. Maybe not as easily as in Montana, but pretty easily. I don't know, man. I think I would look at their walking from the car to the river situation where there's not like a clearly defined path. You just have to like traipse through tall grass. And I'd say, yeah, there's no way to get over there. That's crazy. Well, so I um, everything that takes place in Montana involves at least one scene of somebody standing in a river fly fishing while someone tries to talk to him. This included. This included. So like that's a thing I know about Montana is there's, uh, I guess, good rainbow trout fish. Well, this is a great audio podcast. Sorry, it's not on video this week, guys. But we're going to continue to just describe how we look every Ethan's now and then. Ethan's wearing what looks to be an out-of-focus classic Mighty Ducks logo t-shirt. It is not. Um, although it might be a beer dancing holding a martini glass. It's a it's a Molotov cocktail. Ah, and he's happy. Yes. Vive. Um, Tyler's wearing apparently a green corduroy shirt that looks black. I am. I am. And when you got on the call, it was like, Tyler's wearing a black button-up. That is very much not like him. No, yeah, I wouldn't do that. That's insane. I didn't... Yeah. I've been to a few funerals, and I don't even do that. That's... Because how could you possibly buy a black shirt that matches your black suit? You can't. It's not possible. Right, like, they would have to sell it as a set. And that, if you buy clothes from the coordinating shirt and tie table at JCPenney. I'm sure that's very convenient, and I'm glad you found a system that works for you. But that is the but also worst I hate way to buy shirts. Yeah, just know that I hate you. I, I could never bring myself to do that. I could go in there and they'd be like, we'll give you $10 to take this shirt and tie. And I'll be like, I know, I do not want it. Now you're really blown out, Ethan. Yeah, it looks you, great. You look very bad. Yeah. Oh, that looks good. Go back. Hat? Yeah. No. Is that is that Captain 4-3 to, to preserve, to preserve Zack, Zack Snyder's, Snyder's creative, creative vision? vision? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know why. It just looks awful. Um, A River Runs Through It. I had never seen this movie. I had no idea what it was about. It definitely read like or it watched like required reading in like ninth grade. See, th that's, I think this is like, this is like a, a comfort genre for me. Like, this is one of my favorite flavors of movie. What, like? Like, 90s soft drama. Uh, like, this, this I, to me, this felt, and the thing is because the lead looks like him, uh, but this, to me, felt like Shawshank. 
but like it, yeah it, I was today years old when I realized that it is not Tim Robbins that is the lead in this movie yeah it is just some guy that's done nothing else who looks like Tim Robbins yeah it's like Shawshank meets the great Gatsby yeah in Montana the Robert Redford great Gatsby not worth watching though well there's a good great Gatsby there though. is a good great Gatsby but yeah I don't I love this this whole f- this whole flavor of film this this like late late 80s all 90s you know uh uh d- soft drama like especially the period pieces because like this and like dead poets oh dead poets is so good you know it's something there's something about the the way they film it and like the actual just like the filming the color grading the particular like timbre of the microphones they use and a lot of them are narrated and i like the narrator microphones they use just like the sound i don't know Mm -hmm. i love the 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 the, the scores these like kind of uh pithy piano scores they put in there like jumanji has underrated just like chill out music so are you under the impression i didn't enjoy this no 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 no. i'm just i'm just saying that like this is something i think i realized about myself today is that like this is one of my because it's not really a genre like i'm not considering it a genre here it's just this like this time period always brings me joy when i get to experience a movie from this era from this whole collection i so my only challenge was throughout the whole thing i don't know if it's like some personal trauma or just like the world we live in today but i was like there's no way that the father in this family is good for anything other than fly fishing yeah yeah when they're like, like yeah he's a he's a presbyterian preacher yeah i was like oh that a dude lifelong beats his kids. minister of the church that dude beats his kids that's who that's what that definitely dude does. yeah definitely and he was never the problem ever right. <laughs> right um you know he was like hey child of mine go off to dartmouth don't come home for six years live your life man and again, it was like a different time or whatever, but that's just wild to me. Um, I'll tell you what I noticed. There's a lot of people coughing in this in this movie where no one dies of tuberculosis. Oh, man, I did not catch that. I just like, I, I don't know, because the dad coughed a couple times, like ominously. And I was like, oh, God, do I, am I misremembering this movie? Is the dad going to die of tuberculosis? I didn't know what the freaking plot of this movie was until like, I guess, is it not supposed to have a plot? And then it's all about he, Paul, man. Yeah. And then Paul dies. Yeah. I guess I just don't know, like, what was his deal with the gangsters, with the Missoula City gangsters? He just got up to his ears in gambling debt. Mm, we've all been there. I mean, he's, a, he's the... There was a lot of stories um, in this particular era of films where, like, yeah, like, the the guy has everything, right? His life's perfect. He catches the perfect fish. But like, Yeah, uh, so this is what I love about catching the perfect fish, and this is, I think, pretty on the nose. But it's like, it's very clear that Paul is getting more and more frustrated that Norman is finally having his winning day. Yeah. You know, and then he wins with the thing most important to any of them, catching the perfect fish. Well, and like, he probably died catching that fish, right? Like, You think so? Yeah, kind of. Because the dad's like, you're, te- you're not telling me something, you know? Well, the dad was like, he there never- for the fish catching. Yeah, but like, but like at the beginning, the narrator is like, dad told me one day that I should write down what happened. And like, yeah, I think, I think Paul died catching that fish. Hmm. I think Paul drowned catching that fish. That was a tense scene. Because you never see the picture. Yeah, that's what I thought was fishy yeah. as well. Um, yeah, so like Paul definitely, not definitely, but like that's, that's my sort of interpretation is that like we're being, you know, he's, he's quoting us, right? Quoting us, he's telling this- us a story inside a story. This is a true memoir. Well, I well mean, it, it is a memoir. Yeah. Written by... Everything is true, except for what Jonathan made up. Yes. I think... Do you? So, let's imagine Jonathan Larson makes A River Runs Through Rent, you know? Okay. I, I, well, I Paul dies to... of AIDS. <laughs> That's not funny. I shouldn't laugh at that. Uh, but yeah, that would be how that would play out. Paul has something to hide behind his immense success. But no, I, I think you're exactly, I think you nailed it on the head when you said this watches like required reading from high school English. Yeah, like, and I don't say that in a bad way, but I do, no, like, I, this is my first viewing. I think you mean it in a bad way. And like, I remember exactly how it felt to read Gatsby for the first time. And this felt very similar to that. Like, yeah, this is a time period I know nothing about. This is characters- Especially in that area of the world. Yeah, like, I don't know anything about Missoula today other than that yeah. Hank is there. <laughs> yeah, let alone what it was like shortly after World War One. Right, which is also, like, World War One is such a hard thing to teach in schools, I think, in my experience, because, like, it was a war that happened for no reason. Right. Right? Like, somebody's going to send in a message and be like, oh, it was the Archduke Franz Ferdinand. I know the, the reasons. It happened for no... It's not like World yeah, War II. Yeah, I mean, II. it was... 
it was sort of an inevitable thing. It was, though. yeah. I mean, it was it was the culmination. It's the folly of, of man. Yeah, but like World War II had like reasons. God, I hope this isn't somebody's first episode of Bacon and Eggs. If it is, I we sound like jackasses great. right now. I think we're doing great. I think we're doing great at being a movie podcast, but like, where are we getting this this highfalutin sort of like brainstormy attitude from? <laughs> <laughs> what is happening here? I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> what would you give this on a scale of zero to one hundred? You forgot to do that. Um, I think I did like it. It's beautiful. It's fantastic. I will, I think, revisit it because I like the shots of fly fishing. I'd like to sit yeah. down with my father and watch this or perhaps read the memoir. Um, I'll have to say, shoot, dang, 79? Yeah, I was going to come right, right in at an 80. Yeah. Like, there's, this is not a, a particularly special movie, you know? I, it is... I expected it to be special. You know, I think there was a lot of lines in there that Norman wrote in that yeah. I think were supposed to hit me really hard and just didn't. Yeah. Because you know what else this reminds me of um, is, is Catcher in the Rye. Well, it, Catcher in the Rye, but more specifically Fran, Franny and Zoe. Uh, yeah. And that, like, I could highlight every sentence and be satisfied. Yeah, before, nobody like, talks like that, yeah. man. Salinger really had a thing going. He did. Nobody talks like that. I got to read some of those other, like, some of his, uh, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? His, his... Novellas, short stories? No, 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 no. The other people, his... Oh, the other people in, like, the Franny and Zoe characters? Yeah. No, 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 no. His contemporaries. His contemporaries. Thank you. That is the word I'm looking for. Contemporaries. Yes. Some other Fitzgerald, some Hemingway, some, like, you know, you're, you're good, you're good sentence guys from those days. Yeah. Because, like, if you read The Great Gatsby, there is not nary a sentence out of place. That's such a satisfying way to read a book. It's also laborious. Yeah, it is. In the same way that, like, what was it Dickens you know, that, you that was read... paid by the word or something? Yeah. Yeah, so that's easy reading. That's easy reading. Yeah, Dickens is simple, right? It's it's flowery. It's it's fluffy. It's it's it, Dickens is entirely puff pieces, right? right? Um, but like, yeah, you know, you read like some fantasy, right? Some like not not your not your your Tolkien, not your Rothfuss, but like your your average fantasy, there's a lot of sentences in there that could just go. There's an entire chapter or three about Tom Bombadil. Yeah, that could just go. That could just be yeeted. But like The Great Gatsby, every word in there is important. Yes. They're selected, right? It's it's, And I've been told this a million times that it's so much harder to write a short book than it is to write a long book. I believe that, but I will believe that more when I can write 100,000 words on the same topic. Oh, I agree, but a hundred thousand words isn't a particularly short book either. That's what I'm. Well, it, yeah. exactly. So that to me is like, if I know that I could write a hundred thousand words on a topic, then maybe I could write a yeah. hundred thousand words on a on a so-so topic. Well, and so like I've read the the short story that um, they're adapting the play to in Birdman. What we talk about, we talk about love by Raymond Carver. Yeah, and he notoriously was just like just put would put the words down and let somebody else turn it into something wait what do you mean like he would he would write a bunch of stuff and then his editor would sit there with the you know with a, a, a scalpel basically and turn it into masterpieces oh that's pretty cool yeah you know that he would just he would basically you know get drunk and write stuff and then like not edit sober not even edit his own stuff well i i mean that's not your job man that's what you hire an editor for i mean true but like you're supposed to at least know what's in your book yeah you know <sighs> Speaking of books, uh, today's episode of Bacon and Eggs is brought to you by the new novel by Beth Regals, uh, Love Lockdown, if you're in the UK, uh, Lockdown on London Lane in the United States. It's a fantastic new young adult novel, uh, sort of love actually meets- It is not young adult. New adult. New adult. Fantastic a term new, I hate. New adult novel. Uh, it's like love actually meets the pandemic all in an apartment building. Uh, it's delightful. The reviews have been fantastic. Uh, and it's available now on Amazon or wherever you get your books. Yeah, go to Wattpad Books either in the States or in uh, anywhere else and they can get you a copy directly no, from the publisher. No, no discount code, but... Uh, but it is a lovely book that I've read with mine own eyes. And Beth is a dear friend, so... A dear friend. A de well, she's not a deer like the antlers. I mean, she's Welsh. A deer? She's certainly more deer than we are. You think Welsh people are more deer than Americans? Maybe not us specifically, who live in a town mostly populated by deer, but... There's deer on the, on the school board in this town. Yeah. <laughs> we, listeners, gentle listeners, we have in Roanoke County and Roanoke City what you would, well, mostly the county, what you refer to as a deer epidemic. We have a lot of deer. We have a lot of deer. We're outnumbered like eight to one. <laughs> 
And they're everywhere, dude. And they're all everywhere. the time. Everybody you know, knows at least five people who have totaled a car hitting a deer. Yeah, and think about this, Ethan. If we moved to Missoula, Montana, it would be like that, but with rainbow trout that you could fly fish for. Um, realistically, it would be like that with like moose. No, I don't think so. And probably also deer and coyotes and wolves and bears. Oh my. Oh my. Lions and tigers. Yeah, so I did. I did like this movie a lot. It is. Um, when I th- see when I think of best cinematography, like this is not the kind of movie I think of. Like I just assume they didn't award that in the '90s until Titanic happened. Yeah, I. So when I think of best cinematography, I think of doing something interesting with the camera, which this movie did, but not in the way that like Chloe Zhao does. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, not in the way that that Wes Anderson does or Christopher Nolan or right. What yeah. this did interesting was like let's go to Missoula, Montana, and film right. a canyon. Yeah, (laughs) we're going to stick a camera in the damn river. Right, (laughs) which is like, I mean, that does produce some of the most beautiful things you could possibly see. Yeah, man, I'll tell you what. um, I've I've talked about this on the show, but I've been watching a lot of Yellowstone, which also takes place in Montana. Yeah, Um, it's a great show, but it is made with or made by uh peacock or like paramount or whatever like nbc like owns it and makes it so it is still like and it airs on television so it's it has like the issues that like television programs have where like it's got stupid establishing shots that come after commercials Mm. but there's no commercials in the way i'm watching it so it's just like this is the outside of the university of montana or just like some random office building i think you should go into every episode of yellowstone jack them rip them onto your computer open them up and then anytime they give you one of those establishing shots drop in the little bass line from seinfeld like that is my least favorite part of television is those establishing shots that's your least not commercials well i don't watch tv with commercials well, yeah, that would be insane. Yeah, it's 2022. I don't watch. I usually don't even watch shows that aren't finished. I, dude, I came downstairs this morning. My in-laws are staying with us right now. Yeah, and the television was on, like to the Today Show. And I was yeah, like, who did this? Who, uh, who Hoda, does Hoda this? Co- Hoda got divorced or whatever. Did she? Oh no, poor Hoda. Or or maybe maybe unengaged. Her. Unengaged. We yeah. had this discussion not too long ago. Who is on the Today Show with Hoda? Uh, See, I thought it was Jenny somebody, and you said it was Samantha Mitchell or whatever. Savannah McGuthrie. I think it's Savannah Guthrie. Savannah Guthrie. I don't know. Or Jenna Bush Hager is the, uh... Yeah. So maybe that's what I said. No, you said Savannah Guthrie. What does Savannah do? I don't know. I've seen one episode of the Today Show in the last, like, five years. And they mostly spent it talking to Bobby Flay. You watched Bobby Flay on Today? I was with Kate's parents. And they were like, hey, Bobby Flay is on Today. No, they were just watching today. I, my mom used to watch the Today Show every morning. I guess maybe because you and I, when we were in 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 college, didn't watch TV until like we had the townhouse, and then we watched. No, we watched TV when we were in 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 the dorms because we watch would watch an aggressive amount of college football. We would watch a lot, and of then college an aggressive football. amount of pro football. Dude, our poor roommate Sean. Think yeah, about, think about the weekend. Think about how much pep band he listened to. Think about, because think by about the, the end weekend. of the Pac-12 game on Saturday night at one o'clock in the morning, I was tired of pep bands. Think about being Sean and being like, I don't really care about football at all. In fact, I don't know that I could be in the same room to watch it. It just bores me. I'd rather just go to my room and do whatever. But also think about Sean being like, I'm a studious student. During the week, I pay attention to my studies and do the reading. Which, by the way, it's been a while since I've said this. We're uh, most of the way through your second semester freshman in college. The teacher's not going to tell you about the reading on the syllabus. You still have to do it. You yeah. do. You do. The, the professor. The doctor. Yeah. Do the reading. Do the reading. I don't need to buy the books. They don't mention them. I promise you, they assign the books for a reason. You're supposed to be reading them between lectures. Anyway, you're Sean, and you're like, man, I got this PS3 and all these amazing games. I can't wait until the weekend comes so I can go out into the the living room and enjoy my my Sean's nice big TV and play on my Sean's PS3. Which he did plenty of. Which he did plenty of. And then for the first like eight weeks of the school year, we just watched football all day on Saturday. Uh, we would, we would usually Sunday. only do that on weekends when Sean wasn't there. You think? Yeah. Do you remember Karani Pop? Sure, absolutely. I How could her. I ever forget Corinne? I follow her on Twitter. And so other, do I. A few, few weeks ago, I replied to one of her tweets and she was like, I can't believe you remember who I am. I, I always like, forget who she is because her name too. on Twitter is like Doot Mother. 
she does like a DD, I think it's a Twitch stream. I don't think they do a podcast version, but uh she's like in our sphere. Yeah, I consulted that was gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sean was big into DD and we brushed it off. That's true. But we did play a lot of Borderlands with him. I would hang out with Sean today. Too much Borderlands. <laughs> Never enough. Oh, man. I was thinking about Skyrim the other day. I brought up Skyrim at work the other day. I brought up Skyrim at work the other day. I bet my brothers have never played Skyrim. They haven't. Yeah. yeah. They'd have never heard of it. Get out of town. Yeah, because we were, we were talking about... Um, Oh, we were talking about how everything in Skyrim is stolen from Name of the Wind. And, and, he'd, and he'd never played Skyrim. He had never played Skyrim. And Riley was like, oh, man, you're right. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, Ben was like, should I play this Skyrim game? And I was like, yeah, sure. And he goes, can I make my character look however I want? And I was like, you you would not believe the degrees to which you can make your character look however you want. Yeah. You want to be a reptile? You can do that. You can just do that. You could be a cat. You'd be Ikea born. You could be Ikea born. You could be a Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> it's raining trains. God, I, I think about a, that video all the time. I do too. I, in fact, I'm gonna send it to the guy I was talking to about Skyrim. Although he was, I was talking to him at work, and I was like, "Yeah, man, Skyrim, Donkey. He's a big YouTuber. He's a he's a big Valorant player. Have you ever heard of Valorant? I have not. It's like Overwatch. I didn't know Donkey was still doing stuff. No, 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 not Donkey. Uh, the dude oh. I work with. Um, Although I did hear a Donkey sound on TikTok the other day. No way. Yeah. From like a, 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 a I, I mean, I know it's his voice, but I had never heard or seen that video. What are we talking about? River runs through it. A river runs through it. Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays As a literal child. Brad Pitt. In the movie for about eight minutes. He actually doesn't play Brad Pitt. He plays... No, he plays knockoff Tim Robbins. Yeah, he plays Tim Robbins. Um, Not to be confused with Chadwick Boseman, who played Jackie Robinson. Who would get those two things confused? I don't know. I don't think there was any black people in this movie. No, I don't think there were. But it, it wouldn't particularly surprise me to know that there weren't any black people in Missoula, Montana at that point in time either. It also, but I feel not like not that that's a particularly side, good excuse for not having black people in the movie. But yeah, also I feel like if we, uh, I mean, like I don't know anything about. I have literally no concept of mountain time. Actually, today I don't know what happens over there. Right. So like, I'll tell you what, they were brutally racist toward the the Native American girl, and then they just never brought it up again. They ever. did. Never bring it up again, ever. Yeah, yeah. In fact, at the end, when he was like, yeah, we're going to JoJo Siwa's, I thought they were going to the Native American girl. But nope. no, they were going to the to the They're gambling house. The gambling house, where Paul can play his cards. I know Paul said he's covering for you, but... It'll be a buck. It'll be a buck. You think he tipped a dollar a drink? I don't think you did if a drink I don't think he did. I'll tell you what, we as and by we i mean people that make movies and not me but we as a generation have lost the art of the narrated movie anymore when i see a movie that is narrated i'm like ugh, ugh, ugh stop that show me don't tell me yeah, show don't tell um but i think i mean i think we've lost a lot of the art of movies up until very recently honestly I, i've gotten very tired of the whole, and I know we're getting away from it now a little bit, but I got very tired of the whole, everything is orange and blue. Oh, yeah. I got so sick of it, man. The whole world did. Yeah. And it's just like, you now, can't go now the, the, I think I think COVID was one of the best things to happen to movies because it allowed the stream. No, I, tr I truly do. I truly do. Like, I, you got to find silver linings, right? And, and I think that allowing the streaming services to become big, big players in the making their own movies game has been incredible. You know, you don't get that without the kissing booth in 2018. You don't. You simply don't. Netflix has come a long way since then. They have. They They've got Leonardo DiCaprio to star in a movie. They paid and him more than he's worth to star in a movie. It's like a bad movie. Well, that was all right. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. I really liked it. People talk about it a lot. People talk about it a lot. The Stream Buster, man. The movie that is all press is good press, right? Beth Regals, author of The Kissing Booth. He fucking hated it. Yeah. Hated it. And and a lot of people, a lot of people dissing that movie for the little, like, the way it makes me feel. I mean, I feel that way, but I think probably not for the same reason other people who don't like it dislike yeah, it I don't, for the I way it makes I don't think that that's feel. a valid reason to not like a movie. I think that's, ex like, the only valid reason to not like nah, a movie. Nah, nah. If the movie presents you with ideas that you're uncomfortable with surrounding societal change, then that's not a valid reason to not like the movie. 
I don't know. I feel like if I read Mein Kampf and I was like, yeah, I don't like the ideas presented here. Those I like are the not they the make same thing at all. Yes. If you watch a movie that's saying we're not listening to science enough and your takeaway from it is like, man, that movie made me made me feel negatively about the world. Like, that's fine. But like, you, you can't just diss the You can't give it a two out of ten for that. Well, that's not why I would give it a low score. No, I'm not saying it is. Oh, okay. That's what people are doing. That's the issue I'm bringing up is people rating it negatively because it made them sad. That is what I don't want to get into with movies, is the the idea of everything needs to be peppy and, and positive to be good. We should watch Little Miss Sunshine. That'll make you sad. Yeah, yeah, it will. We should watch Schindler's List. That will also make you sad. I think that was also 1992. Was it? I think so. I, I refuse to believe that this movie won for best cinematography then. <sighs> Let's see. 93. I was so freaking close. You were so freaking close. I thought it was 94. Um... What won the Oscars in 1993? Well, 94, I guess, technically. But um, This one, Schindler's List won Best Picture, Best Director, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Original Score, Best Film Editing, Best Cinematography, and Best Art Direction. So, got the old sweeperooski, as it were. Uh, fun, fun little fact, factoid for you. Uh, in 1992, which I guess would have been the year before, um, this one of ones for Best Cinematography uh, was was when Anthony Hopkins won for Silence of the Lambs. Was it really? Mm-hmm. No, that was 91. Well, it, it was the 92 Oscars. Oscars, yeah, but it was a 91 movie. Yeah. I was going to say, because that was definitely Best Picture, and I'm looking at Unforgiven by Clint Eastwood here as Best Picture. This was back when Billy Crystal used to host the Oscars. Yeah. Now there's not a host. They did get a little controversial there for a minute. I, I prefer the, the not a host thing, honestly. If they started with the musical number like they do for the other award shows, I think I could do a host. I mean, sure. It just it, It's a little snappier without the host. Mm-hmm. You know, gets a little bit... Oh, this did win best... No, this won best cinematography. What am I talking about? I clicked on a different thing. Yeah, this was actually the same year that Marissa Tomei and Emma Thompson won Oscars. Marissa Tomei for My Cousin Vinny? Mm-hmm. Great movie. That's an Oscar winner. I think about that movie every time I think about Grits. You know, I ate Grits with you not too long ago. Did you? I did. I ordered grits. Where did, where did you get grits? At the Roanoker. Roanoker! You did get grits. I did. You got and grits I, and gravy. I did, yeah. Why would I yeah. not? I, I don't know. Grits and gravy. It's and just biscuits. a lot of white non-Newtonian fluids. Yep. I don't breakfast. think I had anything healthy on that breakfast. You get some oatmeal in there. You're really just, just nailing it. I had biscuits. Those are white. Oatmeal when- is one of the least appetizing foods by visual presentation, I think, ever. Really? You don't like the look of oatmeal? I don't like the look of oatmeal, no. You, you mean when you get like some maple brown sugar, you put it in, put just the right amount of water in there? Yeah, flaky. no, I don't like the look of oatmeal. No, oh, not man, at all. that's a good looking food. No, it's not. It looks like barf. Okay. Barf is just food you clearly already ate. Yeah. Must be delicious. Yeah, but I don't want to look at it. <laughs> also, also, not historically would I say that, you know, oh man, this food was so delicious, I'm just going to barf. <laughs> now, I wouldn't recommend anybody Man, tasted, say that. This tasted so good. I just want to Ralph right now. I just want to look at it again. <laughs> I just want to look at it again. I would like to taste that for a second time in reverse. In reverse. It was really good with the soy sauce up front. Let's see how it is in the back. With, with some bile on the back Ugh. end. What I'm doing right now, Ethan, is trying to roll a 20. On a D20? On a, on, a, on a D20. And this D20 might be cursed. Might be cursed. Is it a D12? No. It's a D20. Okay. That was a 16. So that was a 19. That was a 10. Can I tell you about something I did in our D&D game the other day? Sure. We're about to get real technical, nerdy D&D, dear listener, who's like, okay. I just love movies from the 90s. I play 3.5 edition. Yeah. One, grow up, okay? <laughs> like Grow up. It's we're almost get on a five. real edition. <laughs> we're almost on five point five. Grow up. It's time. It's I don't time. feel like they're gonna make a five point five. They've already announced it. Have they? Yeah, it's later this year. Oh. Um I'm staying in the know. You know how it is. You just your boy, he gets his answers. So tell me if you think this is okay. So we're they're they're fighting a dragon, okay? And hold on. M- make it clear. It's a goose dragon. It is a goose dragon. It is a goose. Eric Cochran, who in our world, instead of dragonborn, there are Eric Cochra who who turn into dragons, which I think is like the a coolest. were were goose. Yeah, I think might be my best piece of world building potentially ever. Anyway, continue. So the dragon, the goose dragon, does a a, a breath attack, where well, a honk attack, honk uh, attack, honk, yeah. knocks out the party's pet, which is a a, a puppy named Ember. Okay, now yeah. Ember is spawn of. You know, he's a, he's a dog. He's a hellhound. Okay. Um, but all dogs go to heaven, right? So sure. uh, basically what happened is 
when the dog dies, the two parties involved basically are Ranger uh, and and the monster that they're fighting go to court in the in the netherworld. And Wait, the dog to, died? Yes. Uh, so they go to court in the netherworld, right? And the dragon and our ranger had to plead their case to the goddess of death and loss as to okay. who was responsible. Okay. Uh, and if you won the court case, then the dog would return to you. Okay. Uh, but when the dog returns, it does 1d100 damage to the loser of the court case. And every member of the party rolls a d100 and we take the highest. Oof. Okay. And so our party, with their insane rolls, rolled a 95. Okay. And slaughtered the dragon and the puppy returned. Okay. Is it okay that I did the d100 thing? Sure. It's your monster. I know, right? You can do whatever you want to it. I know. Well, also, the party was all, like, dying. They had, like, two health left each. Yeah. Because they had just finished, like, a bar fight, and then it went into a dragon fight. And yeah. And I was like, well, I got to save their butts. So you took the dragon to court. So I took the dragon to court. I mean, it is creative problem solving at its finest, to tell you that much. Uh, I was pretty proud of it. That sounds, sounds been, good. Would have been nice if you were there, but you were busy. Uh... Yeah, sorry, dude. I had plans for months. I fell in love with my camera at a rock show. It's uh, a my, click, and I told my, it that I didn't know. It's my so camera cool fell on the floor a at a rock show. I think it's broken, which kind of sucks. Is it insured? Can't you just call up your, your agent? Uh, it is no longer insured because I was not touring. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. You were like, ah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Well, it'll I wasn't expecting it to get fully kicked out of my hand, disconnected from my wrist strap, and fall on the ground. This had a wrist strap? What, were you using like a point-and-shoot Rolodex? No, it's had a wrist strap. What about a neck strap? Well, see, usually I would prefer the wrist strap because I can, A, like, raise my arm up easier, and it doesn't, like, doesn't pull on my neck. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And also, it that stops me from like getting choked if something like that did happen. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, got fully fully broke my wrist strap and went flying on the ground. And I mean, it's it's it was fine until I got done with the show and then tried to do something else with it, and it was like mm, I don't know about this one guy. I gave it my best shot. I haven't troubleshot it yet. It could be the lens. It could be the lens adapter. It could be the camera body itself. Um, it is unlikely that it is all three, and I'm hoping it's just the adapter on the middle because that's a $200 fix. Mm, that's much cheaper than the other fix. That's a I much cheap. That, that's a much cheaper. A much cheaper fix. Yeah. Anyway, you know what you could do if you wanted to know that you had enough money? What? Hop onto mybookie.ag. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> No. Bet on the Super Bowl. Let me tell you what I'm not going to do. Sports gambling? Betting on the Super Bowl. I Yeah, I couldn't begin to tell you what I think is going to happen in that game. Oh, I uh, don't. I See, I want the Bengals to win. I don't think the Bengals are going to win. Right. I think their offensive line is going to get dominated and that Jamar Chase is not going to be able to catch a, a ball because he's going to be octuple covered. Well, this is what happens and, when you go to the And I also Super think Bowl. that Evan McPherson has built up too much karma at this point and he's going to fail at the wrong moment. Oh, it's going to be awful. Yeah. Odds are against him right now. If you make 22 in a row. Yeah, the odds are against him. Which is what he's done. He's done 22 in a row. So longest active streak. Yeah, but he can kick the top off a Gatorade bottle from, from, I don't know, 30 or whatever. That's pretty cool. That was pretty cool. I can't. I don't think but this guy. 30. This is the guy that, that, you know, trades jerseys with the Chiefs punter after they play in the regular season. And the jersey's like, yo, man, you just won the AFC North with this jersey. You can't give this away. And he goes, nah, I'll just keep my Super Bowl jersey. That's something. That's that's a guy that's going to miss a game-sealing field goal in the Super They've Bowl. They've got such swagger, such panache. But I think, so that's kind of part of it as well, is on the flip side. A lot of these, there was a clip of Peyton and Eli talking on their show about, I think they were doing the the wild card round. And they were talking about, if I'm on the sidelines right now, if I'm, I think it was Dak Prescott. If I'm Dak Prescott, I'm hyping my team up. I'm shouting. I'm, I'm not sitting down yeah. until this game is over. And then yeah. the camera panned to Dak Prescott. I don't think it was Dak Prescott, but for the sake of example, we'll say that. And he's just sitting there on the bench quietly. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you need some of that swagger. You need some yeah, of that. You definitely do. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe the Bengals will be the first team to win the Super Bowl just on pure Wang Swag. size alone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm pure Joe Shiesty. It's just a bunch of it's a bunch of like 15 year olds out there. Yes. Bunch of literal like, children. I think the collective age between Joe Burrow and uh Jamar Chase and Evan McPherson is like 61. Yeah. 
They've been saying with Tom and Ben's retirement that this is the end of the uh, of their era. Oh, did Roethlisberger retire? I believe so. Hell yeah. Uh, Good riddance. Oh my God. Yeah, well, I mean, God, he was what an like, uninteresting man to watch play football. Truthfully, if you're Ben Roethlisberger, think about this. It's the AFC North, man, and you're like, right? I AFC got Baker North? Mayfield, Joe Burrow, and Lamar Jackson. I don't want to deal with this anymore. I don't want to deal with this anymore. <laughs> This Juju so Smith-Schuster's calling me every day like, hey, man, throw me the fucking football more. <laughs> yeah. I dealt with Le'Veon Bell. Also, I should be in prison, so... Yeah, also, I'm a rapist. So, maybe I slip away forever. Although, I heard I heard today that Brady's not actually retiring. No, he is. He posted on Instagram. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I just hope he doesn't... I hope he doesn't Brett Favre it. Come back and play for the Jets? Just, like, retire and then come back and play for anybody. Yeah, I think so. He's probably going to go into like business and really focus on the TB12 thing. But he'd be such a good coach, man. They always show those videos of him in like the in the film room with Belichick and stuff. And it's like, give back, bro. Take Jim I want Brady Harbaugh's in the box, job. man. He'd be too good for the box. I want Brady in the box. I want Brady and Peyton to call a game together. They did. They did a Monday night game, I think. Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. He was on Peyton and Eli. Oh. I'm talking about a real like. I want them in the box together. Ah. Peyton, what a dude! The sheriff. He's what gonna a guy. have to. I mean, they're gonna have to. You can't have a situation where Andy Luck's not calling games. Tom Brady's not calling games. Peyton. Andy Luck has games. no business calling games. Eli's not calling games. Andy Luck doesn't want to call games. Andy Luck wants to go home and play with his kids. And I'll I tell you what, Matt. For I'll tell you what, Matt Stafford did this weekend is prove that the prove once and for all that the the one and two quarterback combo of. Carson Wentz and Jared Goff was maybe the worst pair of like trade-ups ever. Yes. Those dudes are hot garbage. And Matt Stafford's the real deal. Never have we seen such foolishness since the uh, <laughs> Andrew Luck, Marcus Mariota thing. Both of those guys are also hot garbage. Jameis is still in the league. He was part of that class, right? I don't think so. What well, thought was Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston went one and two or something? Maybe that was it. Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, they went to Tennessee and Tampa Bay. Yeah, you're right. Who was? Who am I thinking of? Who was Andrew Luck up with? I don't know. Suck for luck. I know that. Yeah, hang on, hang on. RG three. They were in the same class. That's it. Yep. Yep. That was it. RG3 was the real deal. Could have been the real deal. Uh, one of the few players that was yep. a joy to watch. And either, that's who I was thinking of. That's who I was thinking of. Andrew Luck, number one. Robert Griffin, the third, number two. RG3. Yeah. He's calling Off. games. He's calling college games. The year, and the fact that Joe Burrow is going to the Super Bowl the same year that Urban Meyer got fired from being the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Gotten midseason fired. Joe Fantastic. Can't wait. Can't wait for the Super Bowl. Um, you know, I do, boy, I do hate Matt Stafford still. So, like, it is going to be heartbreaking if the Bengals lose that one because I would, uh, God, I do not want to see Matt Stafford win a Super Bowl. Then God. he would have as many as Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah, yeah. Because Aaron Rodgers only has the one. Yep. I just want to let that sink for a little bit. Okay. When was the last time the Redskins, sorry, the Washington football team won a playoff game, made you know, the playoffs, did anything good? Never. They made the playoffs Not since last Joe Theismann. Year. They made the playoffs last year. Thank you. Okay, very much. and and they won the Super Bowl in 1992. Cool, neat, great record you got there. <laughs> great record. Uh, it was eight months before a river runs through it comes out. Listen, this one, this is the year. This year, not Aaron Rodgers' fault. Most years, it's Aaron Rodgers' fault. This year, I get him wanting to leave. Let you him go. You know, if go. I was him, if I was him, I would be calling Bruce Arians and saying, "Hey, Bruce, what do I got to do?" To take that job that would be the ultimate test though right yeah yeah it w that, and that's the thing is like that's that's how he redeems himself right is is to go where he's finally got all the weapons right he got mike evans got chris goblin got rob gronkowski got you know you got everything brady had got everything brady had can you fill in the shoes the answer is no he's not he's clutch not he's not good enough he's not clutch he's not good in the playoffs he hasn't been good in the playoffs for a long time but this year was not his fault I don't think I've ever been so disappointed as a Green Bay Packers fan than to lose a motherfucking playoff game because of a blocked punt. You know what we call that where I'm from? I would greatly like to have that punter assassinated. Do you know what we call that where I'm from? Beamer ball. Beamer ball, baby. Beamer ball's back. USC. Listen, it was a great play on behalf of the San Francisco 49ers, but this is professional fucking football here, okay? This is professional football. I don't even know that punter's name, but if he ever plays another game in a Green Bay jersey, I'm I'm going to riot. Fire him. 
fire the special teams coordinator, fire Mason Crosby, get a new backup quarterback, get a new long snapper, give her to everybody. They all need to go. Special teams was atrocious this season. Mason Crosby got a kick blocked, and whatever the punter's name is, got a punt blocked and lost that game. If you're Aaron Rodgers, you call up Matt LaFleur Monday morning and say, Matt, I gotta go. And Matt goes, yeah, I understand. I'm sorry. We did our he best. He definitely doesn't say that. You know, it's he crazy. should. Is, he is, should. This is a lot of people talk about this offseason. A river runs through it. Thank you very much. A lot of people talk about this offseason and how there's no good quarterbacks in the draft. And I think, on one hand, you're right. There are not all star rookie quarterbacks, Heisman winner types that are going to change the game. But a team that's deep in the draft order, like Green Bay, can pick up some nobody from nowhere that turns out to be the next Aaron Rodgers. Well, yeah, and, and the problem is, is they're they're betting everything on Jordan Love right now. And I just don't think he's the option. Who the heck is Jordan Love? He's our backup. Oh no, he's not the guy. He was supposed to be the the new guy, right? He was he was the the fill in. He's the reason. He's the reason Aaron Rodgers is mad. He's a dude from uh, UNC, no Utah State. No, I'm thinking of. But yeah, they like traded up to get him in the first round, and Rodgers was mad, even though. That's what Green Bay did for him. So that's where the, all this animosity started. But he's not the guy. I, I don't think he's the guy. Um, I don't know if the guy's in this draft. I can tell you. Um, I want to put it on right now. He clearly I'll... wasn't in the last draft either, though. And that was the one everybody's talking about, right? Because, like, Trevor Lawrence sucks. Justin Fields sucks. Mac Jones don't suck. Mac Jones does not suck, but Mac Jones got very lucky. <laughs> Mac Jones is on the right team, man. He was, yeah, he's on the right team for Mac Jones. So rarely does a rookie actually get that opportunity. And like that's what you're seeing with uh with with Joe Burr, is that he is on a team that fully believes in him, right? And 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 a new quarterback hardly ever gets that. Not since the days of Russell Wilson has like a team fully just gotten into the idea, the whole principle, and just really given him the weapons he needed. I'm gonna call it right now, sophomore quarterback for the Arkansas Razorbacks KJ Jefferson that's a good name is gonna be a guy yeah in the league I'll tell you what there are some good there's some good looking quarterbacks out there in the NFL right now some good young guys man they're it, with Brady and 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 Roethlisberger retiring Breeze is already gone you know Philip Rivers is gone Aaron Rodgers is the last one left and he doesn't have another two years left in him it's so crazy because I still think of Rodgers as a young guy as being 25 yeah yeah as like somebody who could date Shailene Woodley you know Not, well <laughs> um, so this is have you heard about this I was listening to I think it was a podcast talking about Aaron Rodgers and Shailene Woodley and how they are like a media couple like yeah. it's like a it's a front yeah allegedly for, for both of their sexuality. Allegedly. I, don't, I buy that one. I mean, she's so off the rails at all times. It's like every time that woman says anything, it's just unhinged. So I've, I don't know what to buy with her anymore. You know, she was in Snowden with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. What is your in... obsession with this Snowden movie? <laughs> you haven't even seen it. Yes, I have. I've seen it twice. Have you? Yeah. You've seen it twice. Yeah. Why? I liked it. I don't know. I watched it again. Why did you watch it the first time? We saw it in theaters. Really? Yeah. Man, that does not seem like you. Wait, why not? What's that supposed to mean? It doesn't strike me as a thing that you'd go see in theaters twice. Well, I didn't see it in theaters twice. I saw it in theaters once, then I watched it again a couple weeks ago. It just doesn't seem like a you thing. Wait, hold on. Why not? Because you don't seem like you're particularly interested in the Edward Snowden story. Well, I've seen the movie, so obviously I'm interested. (laughs) Obviously you love Harry Potter. You've seen all eight movies. (laughs) Uh, I didn't follow it that close. I remember when the Edward Snowden thing came out. We were in, I think, high school, um, which is like weird. That's like a historical event now. That seems like it happened yesterday. Um, but the high schooler, like kids who are now in high school were like seven when that happened. Yeah. Um, I remember when it came out, I it was the first time that the TV narrative didn't quite match with what I thought was good and bad. Like it was the first time I feel like I experienced propaganda in a way that I was like, I'm being lied to right now. Like I, historically, typically when stuff was like rah rah USA, I just bought in. Like I thought that that was good. But I yeah. remember the Snowden thing happening, and they were like, "Yeah, this dude Edward Snowden leaked a bunch of secrets about our government and how they're spying on us, and it's like awful what they're doing, and uh, he's a bad guy for doing that." And I remember like thinking, "Like, I, no, I, I don't think he is. This feels too complex because it sounds like what he did was help a lot of people." <laughs> The movie came out almost six years ago. Yeah. Which is wild. <laughs> Seeing as I've never really heard of it. It was pretty good. I think you'd like it. I, I might. I'm not really any interest in watching it. I mean, it wasn't like amazing, but it was like, I don't know. It kind of reminded me of Hidden Figures, but not as good. Yeah, I believe it. There, I was not a huge fan of a lot of the uh, 2015 to 2020 sort of era biopics. Yeah. Just like in general, it wasn't really my favorite thing we've ever collectively done as a media consumption presence. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, a lot of them just not really super, super interested in watching. You might like them if you watch Snowden. I, I, it doesn't look like a movie I would like very much. I'm just looking at some stills here. Kind of reminds me of Paycheck. Starring mm. Ben Affleck. 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 I have not seen Paycheck either. That was from 2003. So a little further back than the Snowden thing. It's called Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti. Aaron Eckert. Uma Thurman. This is Paycheck? Yeah. Yeah, I know what Paycheck is. Oh, I don't know. You said you've never seen it. I haven't seen it, but I listened to my brother, my brother, and me. Have they seen Paycheck? Yeah, they've seen Paycheck. <laughs> Paycheck. Uh, no, I one... saw a lot of those movies. I've seen Matchstick Men more than once. I've also seen Matchstick Men more than once. Uh, Paycheck was one that, like, Ben went and bought, like, some DVDs that he heard were pretty good at, like, the $5 bin at Walmart and brought them home, and one of them was Paycheck, and we watched it, like, ten times. Yeah. Like, it just, like, it entered our rotation, but it wasn't in the car. It was, like, we'd watch it on the TV. Yeah. No, I, I feel that. Um, I definitely had those movies where, I, like, wore the DVD out for no reason. Yeah. We just keep um, watching it. Just keep watching them, man. Um, yeah, I, like I've seen a lot of those movies. That that era of film is a whole different thing than what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, you're talking about biopics. Yeah, not early 2000s action movies. You ever heard of somebody call it a biopic? Yeah, I think that's the correct pronunciation. Actually, it can't possibly be. I I I'm pretty sure it is, but like it's not something that I'm willing to engage with. Can I ask you a question? Sure. From the heart. Yeah. Have we done the Da Vinci Code on this show? No. I see. I don't understand that. Um. I. I don't know. I've suggested it a couple times. Do you, I think you it was before it? you like read it. The book sucks. It does not suck. I mean, it doesn't, but it does. You're simply incorrect about that. Have you heard the uh, uh, John Oliver complaint about the Da Vinci Code? Oh, uh, I have not. Oh my God, he has like an 11 minute segment he did as like a between seasons thing, where he like yeah. gathered a studio audience and just complained about the Da Vinci Code. Nice. It was so good. And he did it this year. It was so good. He was talking about how, like... Okay, we have not done the Da Vinci Code. Confirmed from Podbean. The Da Vinci Code centers around this puzzle where it's like a question about Isaac Newton and an orb. And the answer is so obviously Apple. And, like, Harvard yeah. cryptologist Robert Langdon couldn't figure this out for, like, 200 pages. Yeah. <laughs> We can cover the Da Vinci Code whenever you want, man. I love that movie. I do too. I also like Angels and Demons because you get Ewan McGregor being the Camerlingo, which they don't say in the movie, I don't think. Yeah, no, I don't think they do. But in the book, oh man, do in they the book, exhaust... he's also named Carlo Ventresca and is Italian. Il Camerlingo. Il Camerlingo. And they say that a lot. Yeah, but in the we must uh... talk to the Camerlingo. Yeah, in the movie, he's like Monsignor Patrick. Yeah, he's Patrick. He's they really digging into that Irish. Irish thing. Yeah, yeah. You know he like lives in Richmond. Does he? Oh, yeah, Ewan? part of the time. Yeah, him and Mary Elizabeth Winstead live in Richmond together. You and McGregor is dating Ramona Flowers. Yeah, yeah, and you, they just like chill in Richmond. Did you know she's going to be in the Kenobi show? I did not. She is as Ramona Flowers. I don't think that's true. No, they would never give us that. But yeah, just like everybody I know that like works in the service industry in Richmond has like waited on them in the last like six months. I would die. Yeah, same. But apparently he's just mad cool. Like you're Star Wars. You're th you're in the Star Wars. That's fucking Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> he literally has a bit about that. I know. I've seen. I've seen. If it's if it's uh oh my god, who's the freaking talk show host? I like Graham Norton. Great. If it's Graham Norton, I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. I wish we. I would watch that on TV if we got that. Oh my god, would I watch it? Yes. If it if it came on at like five in the morning. Yeah. Oh yeah. I guess. Except it on. would be like five p.m. I think. Yeah, it would be like seven p.m. Right. Yeah. Uh, that would be way better and more convenient. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I would watch the crap out of that. Absolutely. He's the. What bothers me so much about Graham is that he is the best. Oh yeah, the the clear best talk show host, television talk show host ever. He's so good. Yeah. Have you? Do you ever end up? We were talking about this. I think in the in the uh, bonus content, which I don't know if you know this listener, but you can go to Patreon.com/slash Bacon and Eggs and listen to unedited episodes of this show, uh, which usually gets you an extra like twenty minutes of content. It's only ten bucks a month, and like it's the first right now. It's the third one you're hearing this. Uh, maybe roughly. That's what the early you can hear this you get the whole month of february before we even charge you we'll charge you on march 1st so like and you can check it out anyway we we're talking about it the other day um i lost my freaking train of thought oh my god uh hold on jog my memory ethan what was i gonna say um you're talking about talk about graham norton he said we were talking about something in the bonus content shoot dang what were we talking about in bonus content the other day i don't know graham norton's the best of the best yeah 7 p.m would love dude it's gone it's completely gone
Yeah, no idea, man. Don't have a clue. I got so distracted by my Couldn't greed. Couldn't tell you. By my, by my sinful greed. Your sinful pride will be the death of us all. Just thinking about Patreon. Beware, it goeth before the fall. You remember uh, Streetlight Manifesto, Catch-22? I sure do. How often do you throw on some ska records? I throw on any of their three records. Eh, once a month. I have somewhere in between on vinyl. Spin that one every now and then. I would spin that daily. Um, yeah, I was thinking about that. I listened to them the other day, like literally like a few days ago because uh, the Mighty Mighty Boston's broke up. Oh, that's um, so sad. Yeah. I saw them a couple times. They were dope. Yeah, um, they got that one song, the... Uh, the, Im uh, the impression that I get. Yeah, that's the impression that I yeah. get. Yeah. Yeah. I never had to knock on wood, but I know someone who has. Uh, how often do I listen to ska? Um... Not particular. other than the, the odd time where I listen to Streetlight, not particularly very much. They'll come up on my daily mixes sometimes, it'll be like, uh, does the Lion City still roar by Less Than Jake? Like, all my friends are metalheads by Less Than Jake. Oh, Less Than Jake hits my shuffle. Like, if I shuffle yeah, constantly. all tunes, oh, it's, it's almost infuriating. I never listen to Real Big Fish ever on purpose. On purpose, yeah. But I'd go see them right now. So where do we put uh, where do we put the Dropkick Murphys in there? Not ska. Not ska. I, okay, like they're not ska, but they have like alternative instruments. Yeah, but like Cake is ska. Dropkick yeah. Murphys is not ska. I listen to Cake on purpose more than more than most bands. I listen to Cake on purpose. I would say more than sixty percent of bands I listen to. Yeah. Because, like, the amount of times that I get short skirt, long jacket stuck in my head, or the distance stuck in my head, specifically those two songs. You seem like a cake guy. Um, I mean, I like those two songs. Oh, you're not as much of a cake guy as I thought, then. No, I know three songs, I think. I know one of them because of one of those, like, Halo music videos. Which one? I, I don't remember. Whichever one that had You're Never There by Cake in it. You're never there. Yeah. Like, I, I like Short Skirt, Long Jacket. That's a good song. I like The Distance. That's a good song. Um, it's not to say that I don't like these bands. Like, I love these bands. I love bands like that, man. Like, alt-punk bands that have, like, funky instruments. Any kind of funky instruments in them. It's like I'm a big, like, Floggy Molly guy. I love the accordion, the banjo. I love it. Yeah, anytime you bring in something that's not in a regular, like, rock quartet. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's great, man. Um. I feel the same way about Scott, right? Like, everything's better with horns. Every, everything. All music should have horns. All music should have horns. But uh, horn players, I know a lot of horn players. They're not going after They're not the going after music. that kind of thing. You know, they're like, how nice would it be? I've been jamming out to some... But, like, when I saw Bruce Springsteen, the boss, in concert... That man had a motherfucking sousaphone on stage with him. Mm -hmm. He went beyond horns to like, I mean, that is a horn, but like. Conical. Yeah, man. Like that, that, it was dope. It was dope. You know, a lot of people don't remember this. Chuck Mangione charted a, 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 a instrumental hit. With, with a flugelhorn. Flugel horn. Now the flugelhorn, don't get me wrong. The flugelhorn, god tier instrument. Not ska. Not ska. Although you could you could play some ska with a flugelhorn. That would be so soft. You'd be I mean, it would. That's true. <laughs> like. Like that's I'm not like what is the thing they talk about now? There's like alpha males, beta males. What are the, what are the dudes who like specifically try not to be alpha? What do they call themselves? Sigma males? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Flugelhorn and ska is a sigma move. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to think of like a like it would totally work for like a cake song or like Flowbots or something. But like I'm trying to think of like Streetlight Manifesto with like. I mean, Streetlight Manifesto has like. A, like a euphonium player, like all kinds of things. Yeah. They got horns. They probably even bring a flugelhorn with them when they tour. I believe that there are flugelhorn sections. You know what? I, I was a trumpet player. I went to college for trumpet. And uh, I really wish that that was a hobby that I could cheaply and quietly get back into. Same. You know, same. I love playing brass. I love working the valves. I like cleaning the instruments. Yeah, but it's I like so loud. It's so loud and it's so expensive. I have been uh, learning to play the mandolin recently. Mm -hmm. That is a loud instrument. Is it really? Yeah. It just sings, man. It's like, because it's it's tuned in violin tuning uh -huh. in fifths, right? And and you're like, you know what that sounds like. You, you smack the mandolin or like bump into it and it, it makes the like orchestra tuning up noise. Right. Just that like noise yeah it's so resonant that you and you play it it's double strings so it's like every you know you're, you're you got two twice the strings playing the note right um there's no real way to play it quiet though like you you play it and it's it's it's, it's going so a clacky chunky instrument mm, sucks to um, be you yeah and pickles hates it oh dude dogs that's that the dude does thing not love me playing a stringed instrument i remember 
growing up in high school and and my parents being like, why don't you ever practice? And I'd be like, because every time I practice, I practice boring stuff. And then you guys are like, why don't you ever play a song? And like, also the dogs hate it. Yeah. yeah. One, in order for me to play a song, you're going to have to hear me play that song very badly. A lot. A lot. Two, I can only play one note at a time. Right. <laughs> this is the inherent problem of playing a melodic instrument is that, or an instrument that plays the melody is that uh, it only plays one note at a time. Yeah. Although I had the same problem with guitar. My parents would be like, why don't you, you know, just go upstairs and, and jam out? And I'd be like, that's what I'm trying to get. Like, that's what I'm working towards, dad. I've got to play these boring scales and boring chord progressions over and over again so that my hand knows how to sit there and jam See, out. See, this is, this is the, the, I've decided, I mean, I love the guitar, right? But like the, the, tuning that it sits in naturally the 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 open fourths. four fourths and a third and a fourth yeah sucks it's stupid it's, it's stupid right because you you do the scales on on the mandolin and it just sounds like damn appalachian fiddle music really yeah it's like you just you play like oh two four oh two four and it's that's like literally just because it's it's just violin stuff right it's all yeah you know it just sounds like something it's, it's this yeah i could play violin i was actually we did string uh, pedagogy when I was a freshman. Yeah. And uh, I think if our high school had an orchestra, I would be performing cello right now. That's what I think was the truth. Yeah, I, I, there was a time in my life where I very much wanted to learn a bowed string instrument, but I I picked up cello. I picked up all the all the bowed string instruments very quickly. I picked up cello unbelievably quickly. Yeah, like it, it came so naturally to me. It was almost like people don't study this for their whole life. It's too easy. It's not. I know it's not. It, that, that was kind of a cool experience, but and also like the cello, cello is the new violin, man. How so? Because like the cello has been in, like in vogue for a long time now. Yeah, if people love. Maybe like a cello. a cello soloist, like like Yo Yo Ma. Oh, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. You think Yo Yo Ma has more money than uh, who's that lady that dances and plays violin? Lindsey Sterling. Yeah, Lindsey Sterling. Does Yo Yo Ma have more money than Lindsey Sterling? Almost certainly, um, because like he lives in and or and like performs in asia and they go nuts for that sort of thing and lindsey sterling while a great fiddle player is mostly a gimmick uh let's see i think lindsey sterling is worth more okay what's what's the lindsey sterling Co- according net worth? to this wealthy persons.com lindsey sterling is worth 15 million dollars which i can almost uh, like hear you and i having a conversation with lindsey sterling guesting on this podcast and me reading that and lindsey sterling being being like <laughs> That's <laughs> absolutely not true. Yeah, or just laughing out loud. <laughs> right. But we'll go by that number. The yeah, only I'm seeing thing the same I, thing. Only thing I could find about Yo-Yo Ma is that Yo-Yo Ma plays a $2.5 million cello. I'm betting that uh, that Lindsey Sterling does not play a $2.5 million cello. Oh, no, hold on. According to Celebrity Net Worth, Yo-Yo Ma's worth $30 million. Look at that. Also, his uh, his cello is valued at $325 million. Like 325 or like? No, three, three. 3 to 5 Ah. Is that because it's Yo-Yo Ma's cello, or is that because it costs that much? It's like a proper original Stradivarius cello. I don't think that's a thing. Well, it's the uh, uh, the cello equivalent of a Stradivarius. Yeah. You know, I didn't know when I took... Sleep, sleeper, Dark Horse here is uh, violinist Josh Bell. Uh, yeah? Yeah. Net worth approximately $15 million. And he's like a classical violinist. Do we know him? Do we know him personally? No, like, what would I know Josh Bell from? Oh, I don't know. He's worth $15 million because he plays for the Washington Nationals. No, that's the baseball player. Yeah. No, it's not the same guy. Oh, okay. He also isn't worth $15 million. His salary is $507,500. Yeah. Um, Yeah, all I remember is the story. There was a story about Josh Bell playing, like, busking in the New York City subway and then, like, playing Carnegie Hall that night. I think, dude, if you're you're a cello guy, it's not fair to live in New York and not busk. He's a violin guy. That's what I meant. But if you're yeah. a string guy, I think you've got a connection to a local string store where you can buy used violins for like 200 bucks, right? Yeah. And the only way you practice is you busk on violin because what are you going to do? Practice in your apartment? That's rude. It's New York, yes. I know, but man, can you imagine? That's my no. neighbor, the cellist. Yeah. I cannot imagine. I think I, I have f- not and probably never will live in Manhattan. Oh man, you totally could. You'd be so good at that. Yeah, I probably could, but I, I would I I don't. Why not? I because I live here. Move to Manhattan. Do it right now. That sounds expensive. Okay. So I don't have that much money. Sell your stuff. People be like, my apartment in Brooklyn cost me like five thousand dollars a month. And I'm like, I don't A, I don't want to live in Brooklyn. B, I don't have five thousand dollars a month. Make it, you know? Doing what? I don't play the cello. Man, think about this. Learn to play the cello on the New York City subway. Learn to play the cello, move to Manhattan. Step four, profit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> it's rap time. Is it really? Good lord. Yeah. Do you have a listener score for me? Uh, did we just did to recap, anybody I gave this movie a 79, Ethan an 80. Anybody watch the movie? Yeah, we had three or four scores. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes also gave it an 80, Metacritic 68. Let me go to Fache book. Audience gave it an 83. And next week on Bacon and Eggs, I think we're watching Jennifer's Body and Is that slash, next week? Or, well, so there was a Wes Anderson movie, Fantastic Mr. Fox, that was supposed to be this week. Um, I do still want to cover that. So let's do that next week. Next week on Bacon okay. and Eggs, we're watching the Fantastic Mr. Fox, which is available on a popular streaming service. I forget uh, which Disney one. Plus. Disney Plus. Disney Plus. I'm having, it's been so long since you posted this that I'm having trouble finding it. Give me one second. This is the life, bo, 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 bo. Okay. We got scores. We got, uh, yeah, this is going to be a really good listener score. Um, just based on confirmation bias, I guess. Uh, Bacon and Eggs listener score is an 86. 86. This is a pretty tight race. Probably as tight as it's ever been between all the scores. That gives it a Bacon and egg score for A River Runs Through It of 80.8. Uh, 80.8 makes it actually pretty low. Uh, seventh out of 10, or out of 11, loses to The Matrix and beats out Dune. I can get behind that. I'd rather watch this than Dune. Dune was heavy, man. Yeah, this does this does not have Timothy Chalamet in it, though. Kind of did. No? No, it didn't. I mean, there was that young Brad Pitt character. He looked nothing like Timothy Chalamet. I don't think Timothy Chalamet was alive when this was made. I was about to say, I'm, I was in the process of Googling Timothy Chalamet birthday. Timothy Chalamet was born through... Three years and two months later. Yeah, he wasn't there for this one. He wasn't there for this one. The old, the old Chalamet, Timothy Chalamet, Ding Dong, did not have a chance to be in this movie. No Pete Davidson either. That was kind of no Pete Davidson. Although Pete Davidson was probably alive. Yes. Don't know who. I don't know how old Pete Davidson is. Pete Davidson. There's literally no number that would surprise me. He's 28. Wow. Yeah. Younger than me. Barely, but younger than me. Good for old, good for old Pete. So Pete Davidson also didn't get his chance to be in A River Runs Through It. What if they remade it with Pete Davidson and Timothy Chalamet playing playing Paul and Norman? Hey man, I uh, <laughs> what are you doing? What are you, newspaper Hey, why guy? do you want to? Why do you want to move back east? Like you don't want to stay in Montana? You don't want to, bro, bro. Yeah, just like I think like, dude, it'd be really cool if we just like went back to Chicago, bro. Like, bro, go back to Chicago. Yeet. I fucking love fingerling potatoes. <laughs> Bro, I think we should stay in Montana. I'll never leave Montana. That's all I got. Eddie McClurg is in this movie. Who? Um, Eddie McClurg. She is the receptionist for the principal in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Nice. <laughs> and Ferris Bueller's Online, too. Now that's a film. That's She's a also, movie right there. Also in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, I think. Hey, Maybe. we were going to cover that movie at one point. We were. And then we did Didn't. something else. Yeah. Do you know there's a John Hughes? I didn't know that. Planters and Automobiles? Yeah. I think I knew that because of uh, Ready Player Two. Hmm. She was in Cars 2, Wreck-It Ralph, and Frozen. And Zootopia. Eddie McClurg. It's probably Edie. You know who doesn't sound like he likes her, sound like they like her, is uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Why is that? He didn't cast her in any of his movies. Oh, that's fair. But A, she's 76 years old. Two, she was uncredited in Zootopia and Roman numeral three um she has not done anything since 2016 think about think just imagine this and old Lin-Manuel Miranda was not making movies in 2016 no he was Alexander Hamilton on the Broadway on the on the way broad on the way that is broad whoo all right uh I got nothing else to say nor do I oh man she was realtor in Transformers Robots in Disguise in 2016 she's on one episode of Mike and Molly anyway I'm Ethan Edgehill that's Tyler Carlin. We are Bacon and Eggs. Bacon and Eggs is a production of the WBNE Podcast Network. Uh, for more great podcasts like this one, the one you're listening to, you can go to WBNE.org or search for any of our shows wherever podcasts are sold or given away for free. And this is a promo right now for a show by young people, Perspective Z, where they talk about the problems facing the young people in America and all over the world. And they know more about being young than I do because I'm old, older than Pete Davidson. So if you want to listen to podcasts by two people that are younger than Pete Davidson, check out Perspective Z, available wherever you get your podcasts and now on Spotify. What's that? A podcast? Crazy, funky, junky podcast? Do you ever wonder what goes through the minds of the people that watch the last good Disney Channel shows? Or if you can wear skinny jeans in a side part without looking old? Well, then you should check out our podcast, Perspective Z, hosted by us, Katrina. And Rachel, we discuss TikTok trends, politics, new co-hosts. Hey!
and everything in between to give you our perspective as two Gen Z ladies trying to figure out our place in the world. Listen along to hear our thoughts and opinions as Katrina enters the world as a high school grad and Rachel figures out her next steps. So make sure to check out new episodes of Perspective Z every Monday on the WBNE network at WBNE.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Now on Spotify. Toodles. Our graphics for the show, as always, are by Vaishan Brandon, graphite.nope. Vaishan Designs on Instagram. And our music is by Andrew Scott Bell, the one, the only famous film composer, a student Oscar winner, Andrew Scott Bell. AndrewScottBellMusic.com for all of your music-related needs. Uh, on behalf of Tyler Carlin, I'm Ethan Edgehill. And until next time, Arrivederci. A river runs through it. <laughs>